We are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Another Bourbon and Books edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. And one again, welcome back, Cousin Jeff, to another uh, segment of our monthly Bourbon and Books discussion. My man, uh, this month's book, Brother Jay, was interesting. Um, I recommended the book, and um, I felt like the previous books on the discussion have been a kind of like self-help or, or an attempt to self-help <laughs> book. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to change the game a little bit. And so this is really, I guess, our first uh, fictional narrative that we've read uh since we've been doing this man so we uh i'm excited about the discussion because this was definitely a change of pace for us uh things fall apart by chinua achebe uh nigerian author uh the book uh was published first published in 1958 and uh yeah man something different and uh and in the spirit of black history month uh you know let's stick to the theme you know black author Black subjects, black material. We bet on there, all things black. Um, so as, as per usual, let's go with first impression um, of the title, Things Fall Apart. What were your thoughts when you, just, just off the title alone? So I'll take a stab at it. Going just off of the title, I don't know, I was thinking more of like a Tyler Perry movie. Like, <laughs> tell uh, me more, cousin Jeff. Tell some, me more. Something about, to, something about to fall apart, and I don't know. It, it kind <laughs> Medea of, was gonna play a main <laughs> character in the joint. Something, but <laughs> I'm saying that to say I was I was a bit intrigued. I think I talked about it before. I'm a, I'm a title person. Like somebody tell me a title of a book, I already kind of draw my conclusions about it based specifically off the title alone. Now. Prior to me um, seeing the cover, I was like, oh, it's not what I thought it was going to be because it just wouldn't have that type of cover uh, on it. But initially, I was uh, like looking forward to reading this book. Um, I was excited about it. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, the first thing I thought about was the, um, the Roots album. Things mm-hmm. fall apart. Um, had a couple classic joints up there. Uh, the hot, hot, hot music. The hot music. That joint. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the title. And um, you got me. Erica Badu joint. Mm-hmm. That was on. Were, those songs were on that. That both on that album. And so um, the intro to that album, it, it goes through like different scenes of um, people talking about like the uh, misappropriation of hip hop music. The misappropriation of like the the black culture of that time and they pull out this scene i think it was from more better blues a spike lee movie mm-hmm. and wesley goes yeah it, uh you play the shit people want to hear and and they come in and sit down you don't and they don't like that was like they were going back and forth about the type of music that was vibe that was the mm-hmm. spirit of the culture and wesley goes yeah you play the shit people want to hear and then they'll come listen 
And it, I had an aha moment with the title, you know, as I got through the book. But the first thing I thought about was the Roots album. So I figured things fall apart. Something's bad going to happen. Something, something's bad, something bad is going to happen. And I also felt like the man, the man probably going to be involved as well. Because when you talk about like culture vultures and misappropriation of like different segments of the culture, the man is always behind the scenes. And so I figured the man was going to have something to, something to do in this book, man. I couldn't prove it just yet, but ha ha. <laughs> I think for me, I was thinking of the unraveling of culture. And so I was thinking like cultural traditions, things unraveling um, in in a sense of like transition to something else. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like a new leader and what we're used to is no longer in place. Um, and so that was one of the things that I that I thought initially when reading the book. And so after we after we opened the uh, the pages within the bound, what what were your thoughts? I was just going to more so say, <laughs> Whenever y'all say, you know, I read this in high school, or I remember picking this up, I can't remember what book I read probably like last year, let alone <laughs> middle school, high school, college. And it's always so funny in these conversations because I'm like, how did I matriculate through all these levels and probably only remember probably two books that I that just kind of stuck with me? I remember the black books more so than the non-black books. Okay. Like I have a I have a a slight memory of the books that didn't pertain to or was written by anyone that looked like us. Mm. Um and I think it also depends on my teacher. Like if the teacher can like teach and make me change the way I think after reading the book, I'm like, ah, I can etch that in memory. Um but yeah, I really remember the black book that we've read. I never read the book. I never read the book before, so this was new to me. Like I said, the, the the title of the book, I thought about the Roots album, but then I went back. I went back and listened to the Roots album, and I, and Roots album even made more sense after reading the book. Mm. Right. So and the Roots album came out in like '99, and so now I never I never read the book either. But um, I'm kind of kicking myself for suggesting to read to read it because I didn't know the themes of the book. And I just didn't know if now was the appropriate climate or time to <laughs> to talk about, uh, you know, culture and things falling apart within the culture. And it, it was a lot. It was a lot to take on from because <laughs> it, it hit it hit a couple different mm. uh, pain points within my mm. own journeys and and, and struggles and, and perception on things. So, yeah, I, I probably would not if I had known that then I probably would not have suggested it. So you're welcome, cousin Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, I want to be well read, so you know. <laughs> Overall thought. So after you opened it up, um, the the style of writing, what drew you in, um, what didn't you like about it, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Well, uh, the the main character, a uh, Conquo, um, I felt a lot of his a lot of his rage and pain and different points um you know the the how he was and how his his uh 
his persona never really changed throughout the book. You know, normally you start one, you know, the main character may have one perspective of being one position at the beginning of the book and they go mm-hmm. through these different uh, challenges and, 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 and trial by errors and things like that. And then they kind of morph into another person or another way of thinking or lessons learned by the end of the book. I don't think Okonko ever, <laughs> he ever got, got the message. Um, and so that was that was one piece, and then the kind of the the relationship and the fact that him and his father Anoka were they were estranged. They 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 had this turbulent relationship. Um, I felt bad for him because, you know, I I had to be in a situation to forgive my father for th- mm-hmm. for ways and things and decisions that he made when he was alive. But it was a level of empathy that I I was able to build for my father, and I. I felt bad for for Akonkwo because he uh, mentally it just seemed like he was he was stuck in he was stuck in one way and one way of thinking throughout the book and that was like the downfall of the village because I think if he was placed if he was placed in his village and he had not been exiled when when you know the missionaries and the white man came and made all these propositions he probably would have been one of the ones who stood on the forefront to say hell no. And, and fought initially, um, but when you extract the, the 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 man from the household or the man from the village, then the village is open and susceptible to whatever whatever vices may come his way. And so the the book hit on a lot of different levels. But I just kept thinking about like black men in the household, uh, black men teaching other black men how to how to function. Um, and find that happy median where you don't have to be this raging fire all the time and you can have an appreciation for things that may not be deemed as being masculine. You know, playing playing the flute like his father or that joy for music. Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 enjoyed the, I enjoyed the book. Um, it took me emotionally through a wide, a wide variety of, of uh, times in my life and beliefs that I've ha- had and beliefs that I still have. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that till we carry on. I will say when I first opened this book, my thoughts was who chose this book? Like, I was like, who chose this book? <laughs> because <laughs> my bad. It was, my bad. It was, no, it was slow for me in the beginning. It was like moving very slow. And I was like, if I was singularly um, reading this book, I wouldn't have finished it. But I was like, I gotta just keep going. And I would say, as I kept turning pages, it got better. In terms of, I feel like it was so many themes in this book. And actually, as I read more, I was like, oh, I see why he chose this book. Because that before you get through the whole book, I thought it was about a father and son type of relationship where, you know, his father lived a life of X. He kind of like wanted to be opposite of it. So like he is charting like his own path. But then I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's not what this book is about. And then, you know, I don't want to get too much into like themes and things, but then we, we started talking about like gender roles. Then, you know, I, I felt some stuff on like toxic uh, masculinity, like popping up. Then I'm like seeing stuff about polygamy. And I started to think, cause I know essentially this book was based off of like Nigerian traditions. I started like questioning what's the, the things that's going on now. I'm like the things that people are struggling with now, it appears to me like this is this is stuff from like way back when. 
Um, so yeah, the, the book was, it's interesting because it's like half of me, I'm like, it wasn't really good, but it, it really was in terms of the things that, that it covered. It covered a, a wide variety um, of things. And I don't want to jump too, jump too far in this conversation, but what I what I liked a lot about this book is, you know, just after doing some research in terms of when it was put out there, like what it means for, um, like how they teach it or they utilize it in schools in like Nigeria, things of that sort. We, we never picked this book up where, I, where I'm from. But... Um, <laughs> I felt like this book basically took, because, you know, we've all heard the story of Christopher Columbus coming to America, all that stuff. I feel like this story, even though, you know, the Nigerian folks weren't Indian, it's the story of the Indians that they don't shed enough light on. And it was just kind of interesting to kind of like see like how that whole thing like played a played about played, um, how it kind of came apart and them having a voice, like things that they struggle with how their like customs and things were done. So from that, I, I felt like the book did a, a really good job, even if that wasn't the intent. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I think um, <clears throat> as I started rereading it and everything started coming back to me, I, I kept seeing a struggle between um, what has been and what's about to be. Right. What has been was the father who was this type of way and wasn't seen as a true man. What's about to be is that father dies. Here is um, Okonkwo trying to do, trying to be opposite of what his father was, right? Trying to be. So instead of being the traditional, like, like father, like son, no, no. <laughs> right. And I think he kind of had, he had some disdain for his father because his father didn't match up to like what he thought a, a man or warrior should be. Um, didn't live up to his word, right? The brother had to, the brother was owning everybody. But. Man, hey, hey, that's that's something that resonated. I say, damn, he owed, he owed everybody. Yeah, he owed everybody. And I'm trying, I can't remember the quote, but basically somebody was like, hey, I'm coming to collect. And he was like, would you, what are you going to collect? Like, look around. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then he went back to playing the flute, like, nah. But it was, it was the way he responded to it, like, in, like, are you leaving town? Like, basically, like, are these finite? Is this like a final decision? And the man said, yeah. "No." He was like, "Well, <laughs> well, you you get it when I get it." Um, and so you were just—I was laughing because I was seeing those similarities with with individuals that we um, that we know. Um, the father and the son relationship was interesting to me. Um, I was raised by my mother, and so having that type of perspective in terms of not wanting to be like my father, right? And so I could see that struggle. Um, and it was when when it was like, yo, he borrowed from everybody. I was like, mm, I could see, I, I'm seeing some similarities here. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it was still for me, even through um, like the different fights of the village, even through mm -hmm. 
when different customs or rituals took place. It was like, we are still practicing this. And it wasn't necessarily a resistance to change. It was um, not wanting to accept the introduction of change. And then it wasn't necessarily the change that it w was the issue. I think it was who was trying to bring about the change. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I think that was that was one of the main things. I wrote down a few things, but um, culture, tradition, and change was, was typically not typically were the things that I that stood out to me the most. I think what would be interesting too, if they if somebody kind of like remix this book mm. using modern day language because I, it'll be interesting like how a lot of those dialogues would be even like when he didn't have any money and the guy like, <laughs> what my money? <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like it, it could be a really, when I say funny book, it, it could just be real comical in this book. Oh, like, it was it was funny comedy in there, man. <laughs> but it was sad too. It was it was it was truly theatrical. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, you know, and so it, it was certainly comedy in there. But I think um, the multiple themes, you know, of culture, masculinity, um, and and uh, and government and the and the equity of government um it, it's applicable to to this day man you know kind of just hopping in a little bit you know some of the customs it's interesting some of the customs that um the the villages uh swore by um and, and the different clans swore by it was almost as if the the clan the members of the clan that broke off and kind of joined the churches and joined the missionaries and joined the man because they were speaking, you know, Jesus Christ and this, that, that, and the third, it was like that loyalty to a process, a loyalty to um, a piece of the culture. Like that joint could either uplift you or it can destroy your culture. It can destroy your village. And it was like the same kind of passion and, 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 and vigor that people showcase for, um, the the annual festival, the the, mm -hmm. the yam festival, when somebody uh, was asking uh, for a, a bride's hand in marriage, and you know going through the customs as far mm -hmm. as like all of the things that they had to do, and if the uh, if the person wanted to really marry uh, a daughter of another tribe, they need to bring the bank. <laughs> they need to bring the bank, and so like these custom these themes of of, of like uh, you know fellowship. And and every every chapter somebody was eating something. <laughs> I was if it was, Kofi, was if it was if it was yams, if it if it was soup, like yo, chickens, fish. I was like, yo, everybody's eating in this joint, man. But mm -hmm. but that's part of the culture too. But yeah. it's almost like that loyalty to that culture was almost it's the cult was the culture's downfall because people became mm -hmm. loyal to something that was foreign and that destroyed that destroyed the village. It was, it's funny you talked about the food because when reading it, I'm like, you know, this cultural tradition of everything being surrounded by food, I'm like, this goes back centuries. <laughs> like, this is what I feel like people of African-American descent, like, this is what we do. 
everything got to have like a food element to it. And I yeah. think it's not just eating. It's like, what are you eating? You know, like during like New Year's, it's like specific food during that time. Even Thanksgiving, people, there are people who feel like there are certain foods that are just for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that was that was pretty uh, interesting to me. One of the things um, that this book kind of remind me of, we talk about modern day, especially when you have like a woman trying to, or a guy essentially trying to take the hand of a lady, I would say is uh, Bridgerton, if you've seen that on, on Netflix. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a different time from a different era, but it's almost like some of those same types of, uh, of traditions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, so for me, um, I couldn't help but wonder about um, mental wellness, right? Um, that was a that was a reoccurring theme, and I don't think I ever thought about this in prior times. But um, Okonkwo um, was going through some stuff, mm-hmm. and and I think that was the reason he only showed one emotion throughout the whole entire book and that was rage like anger like when he um during peace week what did he do during peace week right oh he, yeah he beat his wife beat his wife be mm-hmm. one of his wives rather. yeah be one and, of his wives yeah and it was like why <laughs> like when you i was reading it i was like now now what is wrong like you you gotta relax but, but you know what? At the that happened at the beginning of the book. As far as he learned, they say he had a, a kind of a speech impediment, like a, stam- a stammer or something like mm-hmm. that. And if he couldn't get something out fast enough, he would use his rage. fist instead. Yeah. So the rage and, was like developed. And I'm just like, man. And so then, as I'm reading it, and then I go psychology mode. I'm like, I'm seeing all of these signs manifesting itself through the book and I was like I wonder like what was it the rage of not wanting to be like his father was it that he had to feel as if he was a certain way to be accepted to be championed as the leader what was this right I I wrote that down especially with masculinity that kept coming up throughout the whole entire book Mm -hmm. and then the toxic masculinity that kept reoccurring and i was like whoa this is this is a lot <laughs> like this 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 is a lot um yeah but on okonkwo um there was a lot there was a lot going on even when he killed the um I was about to call him his son, but it wasn't really. Yeah, adop- well, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the adopted son. Hold yeah. on, I'm, I'm gonna it take was, a stab one, at it. Ike Mfuna. Ike Mfuna. These names. That was I the was son. That was. The, I was that was the, big names. He was like the stepson. Of, they adopted him, but he was really a prisoner because right. because they got the son because the uh-huh. tribe he came from they killed. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a, a woman of part yeah. that were part of, that was part of their tribe, mm-hmm. so he was really a prisoner. But Akonko took a liking to him, and he kind of brought him into the family. So he was staying with the family, and the guy, the, the little boy, actually served as kind of a big brother to mm-hmm. Akonko's natural son, Anuwe. Mm-hmm. Now, now to that point, right? 
Okokwo took a liking to was it Equifemi? Equifuna. Ikamafuna. Yeah. Ikamafuna. Yeah. He took a liking to Ikamafuna because he was opposite of his own son. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that was power dynamics and, and masculinity right there as well because he thought his son was lazy and was becoming like his father. And so I was like, man, that's a lot of dynamics here. And so he really liked um, Ikamafuna. I hope that's how it was pronounced. Because he was motivated, he wasn't lazy, he was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was just interesting when he he killed the young brother. And I was like, man, okay. Then he goes into a depression, right? And then at the end, fast forwarding through everything, but at the end when he, um, you know, after the church burning and then he killed one of the, what was he, a missionary? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, he, he was a court. Yeah, he he was like a a officer of the court. Yeah, yeah. And so instead of him wanting to um, die at the ridicule of the white man, he killed himself. Yeah. And so like there was mental illness just woven all throughout this, and he was a troubled man. And I, it, go ahead. I think one thing that people don't talk about enough a lot specifically with the main character in general, this balance between uh, like when we talk, say rage and we talk about love. I believe that rage, like your rage can always be stronger than your love. As you can see throughout the book, there were things that he liked, you know, in terms of his daughter and things like that, but he just, it, it was a struggle with him to articulate that. But on the, on the flip side, it's like one of these things in life. I feel like when somebody makes you upset, you don't have to try to turn that on. You automatically can turn it on. Yeah. In yeah. terms in terms of love, I feel like people like you have to make an effort to do it, even though in your heart you want to like love. And it's funny um, when you think about in this book where you know something upset him. He just know how to shoot the rage. It's almost zero, like zero, zero to a thousand, real exactly. Quick. And it's like he he loved, you know, this this little boy who prisoner slash son, but the love just was not as strong as the rage. Even though the relationship that they have for the most of the time was like a, when I say a loving relate, there were things about him that he loved. When you look when you look at that dynamic, it was more love. That even if he wasn't showing in his heart, it's more love there. But when it came down to look this is your orders, this has to be done. I feel like it was easy for him to turn straight into rage. And it, was, it, uh, it, kept, it kept getting in his way, man. Yes. It kept, I, I mean, seriously, it kept lesson. getting in his way. That was a lesson to, to us in like current day. Like mm-hmm. your rage will be, if you really think about it, uh, a Konkwo was dying a slow death the whole entire book. Yeah. True. Because of the rage, right? He kept getting put into these positions to where, um, right? When he killed the Klansman, he thought, uh, not the Klansman, uh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> when he killed the okay, that threw me off too when they kept saying Klansman. I was like, wait a minute. I... <laughs> no, <Same>. no. <laughs> we're talking about one of his own. <laughs> right. And so I was like, oh wait, hold on. Okay, Rob. Yeah, they're part of the clan. That yes, that's what the clan, you know, clansman. Yeah. So he was like, Yeah, one of the clansmen. I was like, Wait, did I miss something? Yeah. I went back a few pages and started reading. I said Talk about trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger, right? Um but when he killed the the the, the, the white man at the end, no, mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah, the, the court the, officer, the leader, yeah. The, yeah, the leader, yeah, yeah. When he killed him at the end, and he thought that the people was gonna be behind him, right? <laughs> they, they boy, they stepped way back. <laughs> yeah, and they was like, "Hold on, player, what you? Hey, <laughs> like, what are we doing here?" And so it was like, man, it's like I put myself out here because I think this is what people want me to do. But then when I act this way, I'm by myself. And so, like, he, I think that was that was symbolic to how he was in this whole entire life because he was he has always been acting like an individual, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I don't like something, I'm gonna just go off, not thinking about the consequences or who it impacts. How many wives did he have? Like, three. He had three, three wives. I think he had yeah. three. Yeah, three wives. Um, and so I, I was also intrigued with how that worked in terms of who was able to wear certain things of his and mm-hmm. they had to present him or greet him in the order of which they were mm-hmm. married. I I was really intrigued by that. I was like, oh, wow. And so, like, I picked up some books about African customs just to learn more about how these things really are, what's the significance of X, Y, and Z, the rituals and stuff. So it was... It was really interesting. Um, he was always eating too, man. He got he got three meals a day, three times a day. He was eating. He ate nine times a day, man. Yeah, yeah. And Each I wife think, had a meal. And I think, and, and going off of the food thing, I think that's um, that's important too because we, as a culture, we believe in breaking bread, right? Not just grabbing food, right? It's it's not. Oh, we're just gonna go grab a quick bite to eat, right? Your coworkers grab a quick bite to eat. But when people of color, when we go out to grab lunch, it's an experience. Right? There's storytelling, there's laughing, there's singing, there's gonna be music. And then, you know, it's like that brings us to where we need to be to finish out the rest of the day. When we go to dinner, brunch, it's 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 a mood, right? It's a it's an event. It's not just, oh, we're going to a restaurant, we're gonna eat. And then that's it. I remember in high school, one of my white friends, I went over to their house and it was dinner time. It was so awkward sitting at the table. I'm like, either they not talking because a black kid is sitting here or they just not talking. I was like, ah. So then, you know, I, I let it go, but it was something that I noticed. Went back again in the middle of them having dinner. Um, it was just completely silent. I'm just like, man, I'm thinking, how is dinner at my house? Even if we don't sit down at the table and eat, like, at the dinner table, wherever we congregate is considered the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Whether we living room, uh, the sitting room, we watching TV, like, it's a process and it's a, it's a cultural tradition of breaking bread and what mm-hmm. that symbolizes. Even when we tie that into religion, right? The breaking of the bread is to symbolize something to to remind us of the covenant. And I think when we mm-hmm. do that, the mm-hmm. breaking of the bread is a covenant within the family. Mm-hmm. And so 
like you said, he had three meals a day. Um, and then the coat, the coat, the, every time they breaking the cold of nuts and bringing out the palm wine, man. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yo." laughs> hey, they, you talk about happy hours before dinner, after dinner, yeah. during lunch. The palm yeah. wine got broke out. The cold of nuts got broken. But, but you know, that concept of breaking bread, something got broken at every yeah. meal. At every meal. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that was that was I, I saw that as every time they introduced like eating, like I'm like, hmm, what is to what is this to remind us of? Like what what else is happening around this 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 food concept? Because like you said, there was everybody was eating. Like everybody's eating every time they come in, or there's a meal here, or food is being prepared for this. And so um, that was something that I I found intriguing as well, like the breaking of the bread, what that symbolizes and what that actually means. And and and, and it was some messy people in the book too. One, one of his wives got married before him because he didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, so that, that just, that, that shows you, that shows you that people been messy. That's that's not something that's recent. That book was written in 1958. People of color have been messy for a long, long time across the globe because this was a Nigerian narrative. <laughs> from from our original homeland, right? Exactly. So, um, it, it was it was interesting to see that we haven't gone astray from some of the cultural things, right? There's still significance. Um, typically, um, now within our culture, like you don't necessarily have to show up with the bag in terms of asking for a hand of marriage, but there is like families got to meet, right? Typically, because if it doesn't, it don't really end well. Oh yeah, it, it was it was flexing in the book because even you know the the symbol of of wealth were the yams, the yams. That was like the symbol of wealth, the symbol of like how manly you were if you. Whoever, if you had, if you, the more yams you had, the more wives you had, the more children you had, the more land you had, the more meals you got to eat during the day. It was all yeah. about the yam. And so, I mean, it was flexing in there because they kind of talked about the levels, the levels that people were. And that was one of the reasons Akonkwo was so ashamed of his father because he didn't, he didn't leave him an inheritance and he owed everybody money. And even when Akonkwo got himself off the ground, he had to borrow yam seeds from from some of the other elders to to and, and work double as hard to get the money to pay them back and invest in himself but it was all about it was and it's crazy because we blame like uh the capitalistic society on the man right but they was cap they were capitalists before the man showed up in the book yeah yeah i think in terms of the when you talked a little bit about the traditions for like marriage it was just interesting to see even back during those times, remember when um, the potential bride had to sit in the middle of the circle and basically she was questioned about her virginity and like, it wasn't just a yes or no. And it wasn't something private. It was something like very public amongst a group of people. And like they asked her three times. Now it didn't matter what the male had done it was all about her being clean and like ready for uh, marriage. And I thought that was, was just interesting because even in today's society, it looks different, but you still got some of those same things that people do. Um, when we talk about bringing it to like modern day, we talk about like a celebrity who does that. 
and I don't know which one of T.I. daughters it is, but he like takes her to the doctor, I think like once a year, it was like a big story around it. And it's just, it's, it's again, it's interesting that even during that time, it looked, it looked a bit different, but it still was that form of, I guess, intrusiveness on like a, a mm-hmm. woman's like personal, uh, like privacy. Mm-hmm. We're we going to remove T.I. out of the equation as an example. Um, but it was, I get where he was coming from. I mean, yeah, that was a like very the, good example. The tough it's, nature. The, uh, the intrusion and invasion of yeah, privacy. Right? Yeah, as a, as a family. And then the tough nature of, of, you know, if you're not part of the tribe or part of the mm-hmm. clan, like, yo, everybody don't mess with everybody, man. Like you got, you can't just be, you just can't be um, related. Like you really have to be connected. Yeah. And and it, it's it's a, it's like the circle of trust. <laughs> yeah. And that that was an example of it. But I think some of those uh, kind of hard stances on the culture and the way that you do things it caused a lot of frustration and, and conflict within the book, man. I mean, to kill the adopted son. And you strike the blow, and and but you got advice advice from an elder to say, yo, you probably want to sit this one out, man. Like you don't have to be this raging <laughs> flame. And my man was like, nah. Then you you beat your you you beat your wife on the day of the week of peace, and and you the only one in the village that beat your wife, and you get reprimanded and and called out for it. And then yeah. when you try not to be a fit of rage, it's like karma came back on you and your gun explodes and kills a, kills a fellow clansman. <laughs> but you know, you kill the boy of somebody that they were celebrating. Then yeah. you get exiled, like, yo, your temper, your like black men, <laughs> black men, yo, our temper, our temper, our temper can be our downfall. That was something I took from the book too. It's like, yo, your temper and your ego and your pride will be your downfall, man. I think to that point, I think to that point though, essentially it was just, they was creating a situation for like men to do the same thing. What I mean by that, you have boys that you were trying to turn into men at a young age. Like they couldn't, they couldn't have emotions. And I feel like all of that stuff manifests in rage. Like you don't have an outlet, even when, um, I forget, I forget how to pronounce his name, but his other son, Nawawi. Um, but this the son, the son yeah. that he didn't feel was like him. Mm-hmm. You know how he liked. I believe it was him who he liked the, the stories that his mom kind of told uh, better than the ones that you know his dad told for different reasons. But it was like he couldn't say that out loud because then that was showing him being like soft and, and, and less of a man. So even growing up as a kid everything you had to do had to be mature and manly, not necessarily developing into that. Yeah, and I think that goes back to us when we talked about the discussion of male versus men. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, man versus male, sorry. About how individuals are forced to subscribe to something that they have not fully comprehended. Yeah. Right? And so at an early age, I'm grooming you to be... Um, you know, you Simba, and you about to be the next Mufasa. And it was like, but I really just want to go to the water hole. <laughs> like I really, I really just want. I don't want to. I don't want to lead the kingdom. I'm good. Right, right. I'm just, 
cool. Me and my boot thing right here, my shorty Nala right here, we finna run, get into some trouble in this water park. And that's what we finna do. I don't, I don't want to do any of this. But everyone else from the village is like, you the next king. You gonna be the next one, right? And now it's like you start to embody this and it's a internal struggle because like if I don't want to do it, what did Simba do? I ran away from it. Um, and so I think that's that's something that is a is a recurring um, thought within it's a it's a paradigm, right? It's a it's a true paradigm because even if we aren't that far removed from old tradition and old ways, we still have things that we are subscribing to. Why why do you want your daughter to do this? Oh, that's because well, you know, blah 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 this and you know, mama did this and grandma and aunties them did this and so it's what you gotta do. We we do project as as a people. We do project. We project Mm -hmm. our fears on our our loved ones, our hurt (laughs) on our loved ones, you know, our dreams and passions on our loved ones. We, you know, is that a cultural thing? And and we do it, and and it's it's something that we do, and I don't think a lot of us are aware that we're doing it. Right, like, we we don't really, for instance. I always ask people why. So if you tell me that, oh, um, well, all the women in my family do this, so I, I, I'm doing it too. Why? Oh, you know, that's what that's just what we do. But why? Right? And I, I don't think we've ever got to the point where we start to be um, individualized within our thoughts, right? Because we are um, a communalistic people. And so because... The generation before me did it. I'm supposed to do it too. I'm, and I'm not even going to question why they did it. I'm just going to do it. Even though no. even though the shit may not make sense to me, mm. I was just told this is what we do, right? I'm, a woman is supposed to do X, Y, and Z, so I got to do it. Why? Because this is what we're supposed to do. Nobody thought to ask why. <laughs> just, <laughs> little boy ain't supposed to do that. And I was going to say, um, and I don't think it's a cultural thing, I think it it's probably just comes down to personality and probably sometimes like even like class or not even say class because it I don't think it it, it could come down to class though depending but, on the decision and the topic at hand. True, um, but what I was gonna say too, you know, referring it back to the book, even with his daughter, remember when she would like be sitting around while he's eating, he's like, you can't sit that way because a woman doesn't sit that way. She asking, can I go? And it was something small. Oh, can I go? Oh, do this. Start the fire. Do things that. No, women are not supposed to do that. And at, when we talk about dreams, hope, desires, and things of that sort, it's all of this is my vision of what a woman should be doing, and that's what I'm gonna relate to you. When it really shouldn't be that. And to be honest, the things that I felt like she was doing in the book, they really weren't gender based. They they were just good skills as a person. You should probably know how to do, and and that was the the daughter that he wished was a son. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. But even and when we talk about love versus rage, in the book, you know, you can see that there was love for her, but I don't think he really, probably like really showed her like I love you, or even saying like those words to uh, to her. That, the question was, could he? Did he know how to? Was he capable of doing it? 
Nah, Slim. Right? <laughs> not, a, not a combo. He was, he no, 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 my friend. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to learn. Nah, man. I, yeah. yo, you talk about emotional intelligence. None. He was. He had a deficiency for, in that category. For real. <laughs> he he, he might have been the baddest mofo down in the land, but he wasn't giving out no hugs or I love you. <laughs> he was making a choice. He did, yeah. Because to that, to that extent, remember his son who basically converted to Christianity. Remember at one time he was just like, you know what, forget it. I'm not even going to focus on, mm. on that. Yeah. So he could have just went straight crazy on his son, but he was like, you know what, I'll make a choice to whatever, let him do whatever he want to do. <laughs> then so he kills himself. <laughs> Think about that shit. But that was like a choice. <laughs> but that no. was a choice. He chose violence every time. Every time. Rage even, every even, time. Even when it didn't even when it involved himself. Oh my yeah. goodness. So closing thoughts, man. We 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 talked about the themes and the things we liked, um, things that we thought could have been different. But what are some closing thoughts or one takeaway that you got from this? Chinua Achebe, man. I'm just saying, uh, I enjoyed the read. Uh, it was written in 1958, and the theme still apply today. Mm. And, if the, and, it, and if that's the case, then that's a hell of an author and a hell of a uh, talent, you know, to be able to uh, produce a piece of work that uh, transforms and, uh, across times and across generations. Because uh, like I told you all before, I had never read the book before, but a lot of the themes through, th throughout the book um, resonated with me, just being a, a father, being a son, having an absentee father, trying to uh, excel and succeed my way through my pains and agonies and traumas. You know, if I could be the best at this or do this a certain way or make this kind of money or drive this kind of vehicle or live this kind of lifestyle, then all of the things that kind of hurt me or I used as fuel because it hurt me to succeed, um, it's, it follows you. And I really do feel like Conquo, he was trying to he was trying to outrun ghosts of his past instead of just facing them. How many fists? Uh, man, hey, on a scale of five fists, five being the classic, man, I'm going to give it five out of five, man. Five fists out of five, man. Because it, it, res it resonated. I can see it resonated with me. It resonated. Five for five, man. I I agree. Not with everything, but I agree with a lot of stuff that you said from a standpoint of like this book was wrote. I mean, it was written in 1958. It is still applicable to today. It's like this was recently um written um the themes that you covered definitely all of those are there i do think it was a it started off slow um it started off slow and i don't know if this is a sign of a, of a good book or not but you thought this book was going in one direction and it was going in a completely different direction i i like when i was getting to the second part and, and kind of like third part of the book i was like oh this this is a this is a really good book and I do think that everyone should, I will, I will recommend this book because I think you can take something different from it. Obviously you got these like layering things, but then we talk about how Christopher Columbus and that group of people came and like took over this land. I, I'm, I'm basically seeing that story in here from a different light. So mm -hmm. even if you just took, took that whole uh, storyline from this book, I think it's a, it's a good one. Um, 
I wish I wish my school was was reading this back in the day. Probably wouldn't have remembered it, but <laughs> I think it would have been beneficial for for us um, to kind of like talk about it and, and discuss like these themes. I'm not giving this five for five, mainly because it was slow. That's fair. I what I what I will give it is I'm black. I'm I'm gonna give it three point nine nine. I I can't find that point one, but I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. I'm gonna give it a four. All right. Um <clears throat> yeah, this is a classic for me. This is one that um when I started collecting books, as you can typically see behind me, um, you know, I have most of my book collection. This one was, this is one that has, that is on my shelf multiple times. So I have like multiple copies of it. I have a old collector's one that is in an all black cover with yellow text stamped on it. Um, and it's an ageless, timeless classic for me um the reoccurring themes and i think for me even <clears throat> i remember hearing it stated that no matter how many times you go to the same well you're always going to come up with a different bucket of water and like every time every time you every time i read this i see different parts of the story the story doesn't change mm -hmm. um but I think it also depends on where I am when I'm reading this, like what I'm experiencing. And same way with a song, right? When, we, when we're when we having a good day, we're listening to um, the music, the beat. When we're having a bad day, we're going to pull out those words and let the words speak to us. And so for this, the reoccurring themes that are applicable to today, I too will give it a five, um, five, six. And that leaves us with what? What is that? You said so five, four and a half? Four. It, it's, yep, it's four and three quarters. Almost. So we'll give it a 4.5. Give it a four. 4.5 on the five black fist, fist scale, <laughs> man. 4.5, man. That's the highest rated book uh, ever uh, on the, the Bourbon and Books uh, edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast, man. Things fall apart. Chinua Achebe. 5.5 .5 out of 5 on the Black Power Fist sign scale. <laughs> <laughs>